Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Alex Person. Before we get to Alex, a couple announcements. One, go to our website. That's TravelTalesPodcast.com. There you'll find... Uh, articles that I've written, some articles that some of the guests have written. You'll see photos of our guests and also links to their social media. You'll also see links to our social media, and that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. We are Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. Please follow us if you haven't already, and uh, let's boost those numbers, people. Let's do it. And also on the website, you'll find links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can subscribe to this show for free. And if you're on iTunes, I ask, as always, please give us a good rating, because that boosts our presence there, which helps more people find the show, and that's a nice thing to do. So if you can do that, I'd appreciate it. If you want to write me, maybe you think you're a good fit for the show as a guest. Maybe you know somebody who'd make a great guest. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. And let me know. Let me know if you think you're right for the show. Or just write me and say nice things. I always like that. We could always use that in our lives, can't we? Sure we can. You don't believe me that writing me helps you get on the show? Well, our guest today wrote me and got on the show. Alex Person is a motivated young guy. He's a photographer. He's designing his own shoe line. He does marketing for cannabis groups in Colorado. The kid gets around. He's a hustler, and that's what you got to be in this new age. You got to wear a lot of hats. You got to have a lot of side hustles. He does take great photos, though, and if you want to follow him, you can follow him on Instagram at Zila Person, which is X-E-L-A person, which is Alex spelled backwards. You can find him on there or you can do it the easy way and go to TravelTalesPodcast.com where this podcast is featured and his links will be right there. Either way, he's a cool guy to get to know and I'm glad I got to know him. He's splitting his time these days between Columbia and Bangkok, but I managed to catch him briefly at his old stomping grounds just south of Nashville. Please enjoy my conversation with Alex Person. Alex Person, hello. Hey. Hey, you sound good. You sound good. You're in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, huh? Yes, sir. How does a man find himself in Franklin, Tennessee? Well, <laughs> what are the roads leading to Franklin? It's so. Oh, man. It's just south of uh, Nashville? Yeah, yeah. The roads are littered with beer cans and old guitars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I'm from here, so I'm just visiting some friends right now. Okay. If yeah. you say you had a base, what, like when you're around the world, where do you tell people you live? That's a good question. Um, I usually say Columbia or Thailand. I haven't lived in uh, the States in like about two and a half years now. Oh my but gosh. I have a storage unit in Denver, Colorado, oh, if that okay. counts. Your stuff lives <laughs> somewhere. 
Yeah, yeah. My, and my dog, he's in storage as well. Oh, no. You have a dog, <laughs> no, too? Yeah, he stays with my mom. Oh, <laughs> That's tough leaving the dog, though. It is, man. It really is. Uh, he's he's 13 years old now. So, uh, But you grew up in Nashville? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, moved, I moved to Denver in 2012, okay. and then I moved away from there uh, shortly after. Well, tell people your sights and um, tell people what it is you do. Your uh, photography is your main gig, right? Uh, for the most part, uh, that's kind of why I do everything is so I can do photography. Mm-hmm. So pretty much most of my income comes from, um, I'm a marketing consultant for the cannabis industry in Colorado. Uh, so a large portion of my income comes from that. I also run some drop shipping stores through like Shopify and Oberlo drop shipping from China. Um, and then travel photography as well. And then, uh, another big portion of my money comes from freelance marketing on Fiverr. Wait, let's go. Is it drop shipping? Is that what you said? Yeah. So drop shipping. Uh, do you do you know what that is? No, I don't. I don't know the term. So essentially, it's um, like one of my websites is called justcoolsweaters.com. and um, I say you can pretty much pick it apart and see what's going on with it when you look at it. So I don't have any inventory. Uh, what I do is I use Shopify, uh, which is a hosting service uh, for e-commerce websites, and then an app called Oberlo. And what that does is you can import products from AliExpress, which is like the single product version of Alibaba, if mm-hmm. you've heard of that. And uh, what that does is it just imports each product individually and it you know, encrypts all their data in that product. So in the end of it, when someone orders a product on my website, all I have to do is click one button and then it'll the app will auto load that product into a shopping cart and then auto load that customer's uh, shipping information into the cart. And then the only button I have to press is buy and then the system works itself out. So Alibaba is kind of like, I guess it would be like the Chinese Amazon, right? Pretty much for Alibaba is the Chinese Amazon for like um, wholesale products. Mm. Uh, However, AliExpress is the single item version of that that you still get for wholesale prices. It's pretty cool. Well, you say you do marketing for the cannabis industry in Colorado. This seems Mm -hmm. like a business that doesn't need much marketing. Pretty much sells itself, this product. (laughs) I wish that was the case, man. Uh, That that was the case maybe like four years ago when Recreational just went live. Um, However, now it's, you know, a lot of competition, the price wars, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a pretty cutthroat industry, actually. Yeah, you got the but, uh, but, attorney generals talking about shutting it down. Oh, it's terrible, man! It's terrible. Yeah, it's but, they're coming out coming out at us at all flanks. But it's doing well, though, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and then with California going live, I hope to uh, eventually have some clients there. But um, you know, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing in Colorado at the moment. So uh, you say you uh, live. All around the world. So Colombia and Thailand are pretty much your main spots? Yeah. So I live in, I've been living in Medellin, uh, Colombia for the past nine months. And I actually go back in two weeks to um, finish my shoe project. I'm, I designed some shoes and there's a whole story behind that. Uh, but those are being produced in Bucaramanga, Colombia. And so I spend my time in between Medellin and Bucaramanga um, working on the shoes right now. And then uh, and the other half of my life is in Bangkok. Medellin. See, that's how people, that's how you say it. I was, I was yeah. corrected by a Colombian. Yeah, Medellin. Uh, it's, uh, that's the Paisa, the Paisa way to say it. Yeah. It's, uh, 
Yep. And uh, this this is a city that just keeps coming up in uh, a number of interviews that I've had, and, and just I think I'm destined to visit soon. Oh, what do you, you like to. about it? What do you like about it? Well, you know, um, for a single male, it's a pretty cool okay. place. Yeah, that, <laughs> um, that comes up. That part comes up. That's pretty nice. But, you know. And it's got a rep, though. I mean, it's got, it's famous not all for good stuff. Of course. And, you know, that's uh, one of those things when you move there. And if you even mention Pablo Escobar or something, the locals are like, please, just stop. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's understandable. But, you know, the weather, it's like, what is it called? The city of eternal spring. So every day is beautiful. And, you know, it might rain almost every day for like an hour or something like that, depending on the season, I guess. But it's, it's there's not a day that goes by. It's not beautiful there. Um, and then, you know, you're close to everything and it's really cheap to fly into Medellin uh, from Miami. So how long have uh, you been going there? So the, I just I went there my first time about nine months ago and I kind of fell in love. So um, with the place I, or with a lady? Oh, with a little bit of both. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I recommend people to go there. It's a really cool city. Um, you know, it's not really for the foodie type. Uh, yeah. Food's pretty bland, but uh, the culture, the people are really nice. It's, and it's definitely somewhere that you need to learn a little Spanish to get by. Mm-hmm. How is your Spanish these days? Uh, it's más o menos, you know. That's, that's <laughs> pequeño. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. <laughs> But getting better must be getting better, though. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. I can I can have like small bar talk. Yeah. What is the shoe project you were talking about? Yeah. So with the shoes, I'm not a shoe designer by any means, but I love shoes. And I started this when I was in Bangkok a couple years ago, and I was you know sitting there at this bar that I always go to, and I'm designing shoes and you know, just drawing up some shoe ideas. And I was like, I don't even know how to like where I even start. And, you know, I'm in Asia. So I was like, well, you know, that shoes are manufactured here. So, you know, I went on a, a month long journey in Vietnam to try to find a shoe manufacturer, which didn't happen, by the way, I didn't find that shoe manufacturer. No, really? But, you know, I, um, I found, a. Uh, a shoe manufacturer in Bangkok and it was, you know, listed on Google all in Thai and they didn't have a number. And so I just hopped on a motorbike off one of the BTS stops and just showed up to this factory to the security guards were like, what are you doing here? And I, you know, I asked for a manager or someone and there was one person that spoke English and they kind of taught me a little bit about shoe manufacturing. And then, um, and then I came to Columbia and found out that the shoe manufacturing business is really big here. And, uh, and that's kind of where it started. Um, so I just kind of been going out and getting it myself, per se. You know? So you say you were sitting in a bar just designing shoes. I've never heard anybody say that in a sentence. <laughs> I'm just sitting there designing shoes, having a beer. Yeah, uh, yeah what, it's Soy Cowboy. What kind of <laughs> shoes? I mean, these athletic shoes, are these like fancy dress shoes or what kind of shoes? No, so they're, uh, they're like leather high top fashion, like, you know, fashionable shoes, um, leather high tops. Mm-hmm. I would say they're more, more for the... Um, 16 to 30 year old um oh i'm out i'm out (laughs) hey man but you might be able to rock them who knows (laughs) are they out yet i mean can people get them so right now i'm uh, i'm on my third prototype and then when i go back that's when i'm gonna finish my whole entire designs so i think you know per se i'm about four to five months out from uh, having a finished product to take to market so let's uh start back and how this all began you go to college or did you? Or did you? No, no college. Okay. No, I've never. So been. here you are in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And what was your plan? I mean, did you, were you working? Did you have a job? What were you doing? Oh, so I left Nashville 
and moved to Denver with never being there with $600, one job interview, my dog, and a drug-addicted brother. Hey, <laughs> and, uh, well, that sounds... Yeah. I smell sitcom. Talk about fun, man. Uh, um, why Colorado? Were you just... Were you a skier? What What was it? No, no. It was That was in 2012, and I didn't really know anything about Colorado, and so I just picked it because I, I wanted to... You know, just get away. That's what you do when you're young, right? You want to get out of the place you were born. So um, I did that and brought my brother along with me. And, you know, fast forward four years and so much hardship. Um, Uh, Is he okay? Oh, yeah. No, he's good. He's like the best ever now. I'm super proud of him. He's really uh, doing really good. Thank God for that. Yeah, right. But I say as a as a 21 year old with no money um, moving to a new city, it's pretty, pretty tough, man. I didn't think it was going to be that hard. (laughs) Oh, really? Now, that's a that's the naivete of youth right there. Yeah, I thought it'd just be easy. I'd just show up and people would just hand me money and live for $20 a day. Sure. That's I'm surprised. That's not how it works. Yeah. Can you believe that real Uh, life? What did you go to Denver? Did you go up into the mountain towns or? So I went to Denver and then I worked in a um, like an auto parts place for a few years and then I got into the cannabis industry and in that time I was starting like little clothing companies uh, as I was working so I'd work eight hours nine hours or whatever and then I'd come home and then I I had bought like a screen printer off Craigslist and I was like printing T-shirts in my apartment and stuff and you know trying to start this company and and um, and I did that with a few a few companies and um, and that kind of got me to a part or a point in life where. People would take me seriously for marketing jobs. So I became a marketing director for a five-store dispensary in Oregon and Colorado. And then um, eventually I was just sitting at my apartment in downtown Denver and, you know, and I would work from coffee shops every day and I'd work from home every day and I, I didn't go to the office. And then, and then I, I just started thinking, I was like, why am I, why am I sitting here <laughs> paying rent for a place that, you know, I'm working from a coffee shop down the street. Like, there's no reason right. for me to be here. And so that's really what started it. I, uh, I went and got my passport, went to Cancun by myself two days later after it arrived. And then, um, man, after that, it caught that, caught the travel bug. And then I, I booked a ticket to Thailand for eight months in advance and never looked back. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, what was your foreign travel experience before that time? Was that the first time you'd left the country? Yeah. When I went to Cancun for like three days, that was the first time. Um, well, outside go solo, that's a pretty big, uh, for sure. Pretty yeah. Big uh, and then, I, well, it was, it didn't really prepare me for what Bangkok was in <laughs> Chiang no, well, that's, like. that's a culture shock. I mean, uh, Cancun's a lot of drunken Americans just hanging out for sure. Uh, yeah, Thailand's a whole uh, different ball of wax. You've lived over there? I've not been, no, I've been there many times. Yeah, you've I've been never there, lived yeah. there, but um, no, I get it. I mean, my first trip abroad solo was in Australia and New Zealand, which is not much mm-hmm. of a culture shock. You know, that was a nice, easy way in. I didn't yep, go yep. full on Southeast Asia on my first trip. Yeah, somewhere everyone speaks English. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know if you would call it English. But. <laughs> yeah, it was this easy, uh, that was an easy one. You know, but um, it's a good starter. It was a good entryway into solo travel or Europe, you know, any place where it's built up. For sure. But Bangkok is a, it's a sensory overload, you know, it can be. Oh, definitely. Did did you make the rookie mistakes in there? Did you go, uh, did you get ripped off by a tuk-tuk driver? Did you buy a suit? Oh, no, no suits. I I should have bought a suit, though. That's (laughs) for real, though. I should have bought a suit. No, I mean, I guess like got, you know, extorted by the police once uh, on a motorbike. No, that happened. But Mm -hmm. I think that happens to everyone. Um, But no, nothing really too big, you know, actually. Um, After I guess after you learn the numbers and, you know, how to ask how much stuff is and, you know, just know some small talk in Thai, like you won't really get the foot wrong price anymore. Yeah. Well, how long were you in Thailand? My first time there was about two years ago. 
Um, and then I haven't been back in a year, almost a year. Okay. So what are some of the other places you've been since? So since I've been to, I left Thailand and took like, uh, about two month journey to get back home and went to, uh, Cambodia, Malaysia, Japan, and, um, that's it. Love all those places. Yeah. And then, you know, came here and or then came back to the U.S. and then went to Cancun and then Panama City and then back to Colombia. Yeah. Uh, give me your uh, favorite places in Southeast Asia. Of all those, what were, what were some of the highlights for you? Well, definitely Thailand, uh, just because like the food. And, oh, know, I yeah, think everyone absolutely. has the stock answer for that one. Right. But as far as like culture, Vietnam's really really interesting. But as far as like for a photographer, um, Phnom Penh, Cambodia was. Like one of the realest places I've yeah. been. As I didn't go as, there. I've only been to Angkor Wat. I imagine it's the same. I mean, I don't know. Like with with my photography, I like to do like just get into the nitty gritty parts of cities, and uh, I feel like Phnom Penh's pretty much all nitty gritty. Yeah. And um, you know, this is a, a travel advice for people that want to take awesome photos. Is um, when you go to like let's say Phnom Penh or you know some some southeast uh, Southeast Asia city. Just talk to your your tuk tuk driver, your motorbike taxi guy, and just be like, "Take me to a local market. No white people. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see any tourists. I, no tourists whatsoever. <laughs> just take me super super local, and they will drop you off in some of the craziest places." <laughs> I bet. Did, <laughs> but that's where you get good photos. When did photography come into your life, and were you always into it? Oh, since I was sixteen, I started here in Nashville doing live music photography, and since then it's just been a thing i've always done and loved and so if uh i could go over the rest of my life just taking photos and never get paid for it you know <laughs> but are you getting paid now of course now nowadays um, i sell stock photography and that pays a little bit but um what was it in january i had my first actual paid featured image in a travel magazine in australia i think it's called get lost magazine and they paid me a pretty good amount for one photo so that well, was what was the cool. photo of um, of an um, a old barber in Hanoi, Vietnam. I, could, I can actually send that if you want to put it in the uh, show notes. Sure. Or, we or can have put you, it but, yeah. on TravelTalesPodcast.com, folks. Go there. There we we'll, go. We'll put it next to uh, the story here. Cool, cool. Yeah, but um, it's, I think whenever you put yourself out when you're being a photographer and traveling, just you know, spend more time by yourself and go to those places yeah. that no one else goes to, you're always going to get those awesome shots. Well, how does a magazine in Australia find your work? So I will tell you the same way how I contacted you, and I imagine a lot of people is just just email people, just mm-hmm. just email. You know, uh, it doesn't doesn't. The only thing it does is take a little bit of time out of your day, and you know, like that's how a lot of situations and um, things that have happened in my life is just reaching out. Whenever you know, a lot of people just don't reach out because they don't think anything would come up from it, and if you just you literally just reach out. So I just made a list and collected all the emails from all these travel magazines and just started shooting out, you know, like images and saying, Hey, if you want to use these cool, you know, you don't have to pay me, but keep me in mind, uh, in the future. And, you know, I always find just providing that value up front without anything, like wanting anything return always will come back to you at some point, you know? Well, how do you protect your work from getting taken and stolen and used other places? You know, that's like, it's one of those things I'd really, and I should focus more on. Um, I really don't focus too much on it because I really don't care too much. Um, if someone's profiting off of it, yes. But at the same time, 
it's the if you upload it on the internet, sometimes that's just kind of what happens. <laughs> you know, it, sometimes there's nothing you could do. But you know, if it's a publication or something like that, of course uh, you could do something about it. But right. you'd hate to be walking through an airport or something and <laughs> you oh, see God. like your photo, yeah, <laughs> for an terrible. advertisement or something. You know, it's like, wait a minute, that looks yeah. familiar. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I'd still like take some photos of it, and be like, "Wow, check this out." You know, mm-hmm. what uh, would be other than travel photography? Is there any other kind of photography you like, like portraits or some kind of other thing? No, no, just like you know, time lapses. I do a lot of time lapses, so I'll take okay. like you know, have an intersection, take like three hundred photos and compile it into a video, uh, that type of thing. Um, and that's all on my on my website, um, xelaperson dot com. Uh, check all that out. So other, that was going to ask you about that. I mean, you went to video as well. I mean, and is that going to be more of your focus moving on? Um, no, it's just another thing I really like because when you do time lapses, a lot of the times you're just, you know, you have your, your little computer hooked up to your uh, camera and you're just literally sitting there just letting it click away and you're just kind of thinking about life, you know, people watching, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing it, looking like a, a weirdo sometimes on the corner. <laughs> just right. Like, why? He's taking a very long photo of that, of that corner. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like for photographers, especially Instagram is something that was tailor made for you mm-hmm. guys for for the photography nut and enthusiast and all that. So, is there a, a YouTube angle for you, or is it mostly Instagram? It's mostly Instagram. I have videos on YouTube, but you know, a lot of the times it takes a lot of time lapses to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, you just have a lot right. of like fourteen second clips. Uh, so for me, it's not really worthwhile to upload them, even though it can help. But I just use Instagram. Um, it's kind of like my basis. Is there a tip that those of us who are not expert photographers can use in terms of like filters or something that we can do to make it look as good as what like pros like you are doing? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, majority of my photos on Instagram are taken with my DSLR and, um, you know, and I'll upload those to the drive and just upload them on Instagram. But, you know, with iPhones nowadays and the new Androids, like they take such good photos. All I do is recommend is just like, if you're just taking phones or photos with your phone, just download the free version of Adobe Lightroom on your phone and just edit it a bit. Like, you know, increase the contrast, decrease the highlights, increase mm-hmm. the shadows, a little bit of clarity, not too much. And then boom, you know, it's going to look even better. And um, I, always, I always enjoy a little post editing, yeah. um, but not too much. Adobe Lightroom? Yeah, Adobe Lightroom. You can get it on the computer or uh, you can get the free version on your phone. And okay. uh, the app it's store? like the best yeah. Yep. My problem always with the iPhone is that it, the pictures look great in daylight, but at low light, it's it's rough. Like, and yeah. The flash of sucks, and the flash really sucks on it. I think. Oh yeah, you got to smack people that use the flash, man. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's just part of you know the phone. You yeah. Just need a it is a phone after all. I mean, people complain about the cameras on it. And it's like yeah, because it's a phone. Yeah. You, what, if you really want to take you? nice photos, buy a camera. Exactly. And, you know, nowadays cameras are super like, you know, for a really good quality camera, you can get one for like two or three hundred dollars if you're not a professional. Any brands that you recommend for those um, of us who are not professionals? Well, I'm a, I'm a Canon guy, but I have been eyeballing the new Sonys and they look amazing. Mm-hmm. But there is a pretty high price point with the Sonys. But you could fall down a black hole of uh, accessories and lenses and stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> that's what, It's like a GoPro, you know, it just... The actual GoPro is not that expensive, but when you start tacking on all the mm-hmm. all the accessories, then it, it really jumps up on you. I guess exactly. cameras are kind of the same way, huh? 
For sure. Most of the time, the, the lenses cost more than the, the camera body. So yeah. that's that's where you, you get into it. <laughs> well, how much stuff are you dragging around the world? I mean, tripods and things? And- Man, so um, I'm lucky enough to like live a pretty minimal life life as far as travel. So I don't have any carry-on or um, any um, check bags. Sure. I only travel with carry-on. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I I, All I expert can't. travelers agree. Yeah. Yep, people that do the check bags, I'm like, you are crazy. Yeah, you are a crazy person. But I have um, one like a, a, I guess it passes as a personal bag, and it's my camera bag that holds like my laptop, all my camera equipment, pretty much everything that's important that I can keep with me at all times uh, under the under the seat in the airplane, whatever, whatever. And then I have like a a, a 60 liter or a 40 liter, some uh, medium size like North Face backpack duffel bag. It's like the Mm-hmm. It's like a duffel bag backpack or whatever, and that holds like all my tripod and uh, my clothes, and that's been perfect combo. That's all you need, and maybe a toothbrush, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe if I can fit it in, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so how? I mean, I don't know how many followers you're up to on Instagram, though. Did it take off pretty quickly? No, so like that was a lot of my followers came from the cannabis industry years ago, and since I don't really, I'm not really there enough to post cannabis photos um a lot of them i've been trying to like you know skew all my content to travel and just try to reach out and find more travel related uh people out there that want to engage with my content and uh vice versa but now i'm up to 17.3 thousand and that took it took about four years to do um but i think you know in all honesty i, I think i could restart the whole entire Instagram page and start rebuilding it since my demographic's so skewed in that sense. Mm-hmm. Not that it really matters, to be honest. Right. But <laughs> Well, you say take cannabis photos. What does that mean? Of the actual so, plant? Yeah, yeah. So that's part of you know what I do. Um, since I'm not there, I hire people to do it. Uh, that take like photos in the grows uh, of the live plants and then of products and of people, you know, employees in the stores, oh, okay. um, that type of thing. And uh, so I used to be, you know, all about that and posting, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you post a picture of weed, most of the time people really like it. So Really? <laughs> yeah. I guess if you're <laughs> the right people are following yeah, you. Yeah, I know that. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, always see, I used to see that in High Times Magazine. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you yeah. were, you might be too young to remember High yeah, Times remember. Magazine, but they'd have like a centerfold of a bud, you know? Yeah, like, like a Playboy model, yeah, but it's, I, it's a bud. David Cross used to do a bit about that. It's just like, I mean, are guys, uh, you know, pleasuring themselves to look at this? <laughs> look at that sticky purple. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is so nice, oh. man. I'm gonna, I got to hang that in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It just seems so and, odd, yeah, but... And so uh, I have a question for you. Do you have any travel tips for the, the frequent traveler? The frequent do I? Oh, well, I say someone that, travels, someone that travels three times a week domestically. We could What's do this all the time. But <laughs> you're already there in terms of never checking a bag if you can help it. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. That's for sure. TSA um, pre-check? Yeah, like I that? would go with a global entry if you don't have it already. Do you have it? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Oh, dude, oh. the best oh. $115 you'll ever spend in your life. Really? What is that detail? Uh, global entry, you know, when you come back from Colombia and you land in America and there's that long-ass customs line, the passport line, you yeah. go right past it. What? Um, okay. Yeah, there's a little kiosk. I'm in and out in five minutes. And I've waited oh. as long as 45 minutes to almost an hour in that line. So 
just once it'll be and plus getting the global entry there's two things you'll go to the usa.gov or whatever the travel site and there will be uh, two options for one for tsa pre-check and one for global entry get the global entry because you'll get tsa pre-check with the global ah, entry okay. and also if you sign up for some certain travel cards or uh, certain credit cards they will cover the expense of, of the global entry as part of your sign-up bonus. So I know Chase Dang. Sapphire does that and stuff like that. So the, okay. that one especially, is, I recommend it to everyone. It's good for five years. Uh, there's a little bit of a wait time now. You might have to wait a few months sometimes because you have to do a live interview Oh, um, at the TSA. Usually, I had to go to LAX. It would probably be your local airport. Gotcha. And the interview takes like five minutes. They basically ask you why you're traveling so much, and, and they get your fingerprints. So when you come back, you just go to the little machine, put your fingerprints in, answer all the mm. customs questions, and you're out. It's the nice. greatest thing you'll have, and you'll get TSA pre-check every time you go. Okay, I think so Mike just huge. dropped a bomb right there. That's huge. <sighs> if you travel overseas, uh, yeah, you'll never go back. You'll, Very nice. So sign up for that today. <laughs> use the use the promo code. Yeah, <laughs> go uh, go online and sign up for it. And then if you're looking to get a card, I mean, you can get into a whole. There's many sites other than mine that do travel hacking and credit card points and all that other stuff. Uh-huh. Get in on all those programs. I mean, at least sign up for all the frequent flyer ones if you're not already. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and definitely build all that up. But yeah, global entry, dude. That's it. And you know, I, I just listened to one of your other podcasts with the um, the gentleman that runs um, Air Mule. Oh yeah, yeah, Jared. And uh, talking about you know racking up those points using that service, I was like, hey, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, people do mileage runs and yeah. things like that. But there's great sites for that. the Points Guy is a good one, but mm-hmm. he's uh, sponsored now by a couple like Chase, I think, and a few others. So he gives a little more press to the ones that, of course, that are sponsoring him. But um, there's there's a million-mile hacker uh, site. So check out any of those and get in on that because if you're going to be traveling as much as you have been, every every second you sit on a plane, you should be getting something for it, whether it's mileage or points or something. Or free drinks. Or free, yeah, anything. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Get in on that. If you're going to be doing this much traveling, definitely. All the points programs. And then if you're in the hotels and stuff like that, it's a whole different one. Get into Starwood and those kind of point systems. But definitely do it. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Will do, will do. And Skyscanner is a good app for uh, flights as well. They do a lot of uh, airlines that you can't get through orbits or that kind of thing. And do you use Google Flights at all? I don't, but I know a lot of people do. I'm Man, not, if, get used to them. Um, I'm going to try them out a little more. Yeah, it, it really kills it. If you can use that in, in combination with Skyscanner, you'll really find the best deal. And I find Google Flights is the best way to research places in, mm. in a really timely manner because it uses Google Earth, you know, so you can just kind of scroll around the world and say, hey, it's only $150 to fly here that day. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so where are you cool. looking to go next? So I go back to Medellin and Bucaramanga, and I'll be there for the next three months until my last visa runs out, and then I come back to the States for a month, and then I go back to Bangkok. Have you got a chance to see any more of uh, Colombia or South America while you're down there? Um, I've pretty much been all over Colombia, um, besides the very southern tip where the Amazon is. Uh, But I just just got back from the Pacific Coast, um, which is crazy. Very amazing. If you go down there in a few months, you'll get to see the whales and whatnot. Um, 
but I recommend if you go to Colombia and just travel around, it is such a diverse country and it's so beautiful. And I mean, it is just wild how much, how different the country is from place to place. And it's really cool. So if I got seven to 10 days, where would you say, what kind of itinerary would you lay out? I would say, you know, seven to 10 days, you know, you're going to, if you want to travel fast, you know, you can do two days in each city, but I say Medellin, uh, I would skip Bogota, maybe stay there for a day or so. You Cartagena? Know, uh, Cartagena, for sure. Uh, and another one, which a lot of people, I think, overlook is San Andreas Island. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I think so. Is that so by Aruba an, or something? No, it's an island that's close to uh, Nico, Nicaragua. How do you, oh, yeah, Nicaragua, yeah. Nicaragua. <laughs> um, yeah, it's literally off the coast of uh, that country, and I don't understand why it's part of Colombia. But mm. it is. Uh, you can get direct flights from um, Cartagena or Medellin, and it is the most beautiful island I've been to. As far as in terms of photography, it's amazing. Is it really uh, like uh, rustic, or has it been built up? Mm, a little bit of both. A little, a little bit of both. You know, it's not a big island at all. You could you could drive around the whole island in probably forty five minutes. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and then there's another island that people say that is better. That's like a quick boat ride. Uh, it's called Old Provincia, and that's um, supposed to be better. What was the name of that one? Old Provincia. No, what was the name of the? Uh, the oh, San... Um, San Andreas. Oh, like San Andreas. The, uh, oh yeah, like, like the fall. Like yeah, that and like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. The uh, so it's got to be over there by I've been to Panama, so yeah, it's got to be pretty close. It's close, yeah, yep, it's close. Yep. That's where I think I heard of it. Um, those are the top, top places, and you know, obviously, a lot of people go to Cali, um, Colombia. That's and, a little uh, rougher, though, isn't it? Cali, yeah, I mean, yeah, in certain spots, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like I guess a lot of people would say, like, you know, New York's dangerous, but. If you just stay in certain areas, right. it's not, you, to, you know, you're not going to go to the bad areas. You got to use your street stay. smarts. Yeah. Yeah. Any exactly. uh, police run-ins or uh, gang run-ins? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did have one police. I've had multiple police runs in, run-ins. Uh, they have a stop and frisk law there. They can do that. They can just pull over a car and just search everything or whatever, and they can just stop you on the street, search you. But same thing in Thailand, I guess. Um, I've had that happen. And that's a little weird, but I haven't had any, um, I haven't been in danger whatsoever. And I, I go to pretty rough areas there. Um, and I, it's, I always seem fine, but I've heard of a lot of stories about people getting kidnapped or getting robbed by a knife point in broad daylight. Um, you just got to be smart. Just like you said, just have street smarts. And I mean, sometimes it's, you just can't help it. It just happens. But you know, just I, my, my rule of thumb is always look sketchier than the other people. <laughs> so, you well, know, I see from have, your photos, you don't look that uh, intimidating. Yeah, exactly. So I gotta, I gotta put my hood up. You know, I oh, gotta, right. go, I gotta live in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, right. That ought to scale it. That that'll scare a drug dealer down there. Oh, Columbia. of course. Yeah, they'll they'll see my my little gringo face and be like, you know what, that guy's really scary. So you haven't, <laughs> yeah. So you haven't had to uh, bribe your way out of any situations. No, not in Colombia. Uh, well, actually, yeah, uh, that happened <laughs> a few weeks ago. Okay, uh, no, that by a taxi driver. Um, I, you know, I've been extorted by a policeman in in Thailand, and now I've been, I want to say robbed, but he didn't do it with any weapons. Um, I've learned in, in Colombia, do not smoke a cigarette in the taxi, even if they say you can, because it could be a scam. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I had my backpack in the back seat with me and, you know, it was covering the whole back seat. He said, do you smoke cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. And I smoked a cigarette. And as soon as I was getting out of the car, he was like, he was like, hold on one second. And I moved my backpack and he shined a light and he was like, okay, so okay. So like he pointed towards a cigarette burn in the back seat, which would have been impossible for him, for mine because my backpack was like over the whole entire back seat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, what is this? What is this? And he, and he was trying to get me to pay 2 million Colombian pesos, which is like $700. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? We, we argued for like 15 minutes and people were kind of crowding around. And eventually I was like, dude, just please take 50,000 pesos, which is $17. Just leave. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to, this is enough. I was like, <laughs> he, was pre- he was pretending like he was calling the cops, but he, he wasn't because I could see his phone. Right. <laughs> and like, I was just like, dude, I don't want any part of this. So, um, yeah, that happened. That happened. Oh, but, what happened in yeah. Thailand? Um, well, I was riding a motorbike uh, going to Pai from Chiang Mai uh, with my friend, and we both had motorbikes. And I guess in, in Chiang Mai, they have like just roadblocks where they just stop you and search you or um, you know check your license and whatnot. And that's a pretty big scam up there uh, for foreigners. But my friend had his international driver's license, and I didn't. And they let him go, and then they charged me a thousand baht, which. They, I think they normally charge like 400 baht or something. Mm-hmm. But the difference was he was like, okay, uh, just keep going. <laughs> I was like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't that bad. But it's still intimidating. Yeah, sure. Well, as long as you didn't take the passport or put you in jail or anything, that would suck. Of course. No, 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 not at all. Uh, but, you know, I did get my international driver's license, and I haven't used it. Now it's expired. But okay. if, for anyone that doesn't know about how to get it, you just go to uh, your local AAA and uh, cost like thirty dollars or something like that, and you just fill out a form and boom, boom. That's a good tip. Yeah, it's valid for a year. Have and you, you can drive in a lot of countries. Do you drive in uh, Colombia? Do you rent a car or? Oh no, um, no, no. I just take taxi and Uber. Um, I don't really or the train uh, in in Medellin, but. No, um, I know a lot of people that live there that are expats that they have cars or motorbikes, but um, I'm just not quite there yet to get one of those. Not the people, the way they drive is too crazy. Where are you staying when you're down there? Are you in an Airbnb or you hotel it? So my first apartment there was through a rental company, and so I had an, an actual uh, apartment lease, and then that ran out. And since then, I've been living in Airbnbs and um, with uh, a female or two. Oh, well. But mostly Airbnbs. <laughs> Fancy pants shoe designer comes in town. Ooh, you know it, man. They, yeah. They just <laughs> Go over with the ladies. <laughs> just, just, just a couple. So, I mean, it, uh, of course, Americans always worry about uh, the safety in Colombia because, you know, that mm-hmm. image, like you said. Um, how is the, the presence there in terms of uh, not just Medi- Medellin, but... Yeah. The whole, the whole country as a, as a whole. I mean, because next door, over, you know, over in Venezuela, things have That's gone to all hell. Yeah, so... And has any know, of that bled over? You know? For sure, 100%. Um, <clears throat> it's different all over the country. I mean, you still have guerrilla groups and, you know, and gangs, drug gangs and the, the FARC. And you just have so many different groups of people that want to take control of whatever they're trying to take control of for whatever reason. And, um, and it's different throughout the country. So like the Pacific coast where I just went to, you can only fly there by, by plane, like a small 14 seater plane. Uh, you can't drive there. Um, all the locals I tell that I've been to Choco, which is Choco state, uh, they say, Oh my gosh, so dangerous. Like what? That's crazy. Mm. 
and then because I guess it's a big drug trafficking hub coming out of the Pacific Coast there, uh, so that's the reason. Um, and then you know, and then in Bucaramanga, where my shoes are manufactured, you have it's a the Venezuelan population migrating over is a big problem there just because they come over and they have no money, they have nowhere to stay. So there's a big homeless population starting to gather, um, gather there. Yeah. So the locals, the locals really, you know, I, you know, I don't want to speak for all the locals, but some of them aren't too excited, but you know, given what the situation is, it's just really sad, um, to see what's going on. But, um, I guess with that you have crime too, because you have people that are hungry. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna have crime when people are hungry. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but for the most part, in the big cities, like everything's relatively safe. I mean, like like we said earlier, just gotta watch your back and just kind of, you know, you know, just look people in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Do you see a point in in the future or far away future that you are going to live there or in one place or another or live abroad somewhere permanently? Yeah, I could definitely see um, – I don't know about permanently, but my ultimate goal would to have like an uh, apartment in one country and an apartment in another one. And I could just kind of travel in between those and do that. But that's far, far mm-hmm. from now. Um, that would be the ultimate goal though. I wouldn't want to live somewhere permanently. However, I would like to get a five-year visa, investor visa for Colombia. Uh, that would be really nice. So they have um, a five-year – What uh, what is that uh, – what are the requirements of that? So – the the Columbia visas work. Uh, they're they're three month visas. They're ninety days. Uh, you just get it on arrival. You don't pay anything, and you can renew that one time. So an American can only be in the country for six months out of a year, and then once the year flips over to January first, it resets it. So technically, you can be there for a year your first time if you come in the last six months of the year, and then leave for like a week, and then come back, and then you stay another six months, um, and then the next. Uh, visas or obviously there's like the marriage visa and whatnot um but there's the investor visa which is a five-year renewable visa and i believe it's just it's a 60 or eighty thousand usd um investment like let's say into a property or or whatnot Mm -hmm. uh to get that but they i heard they also have slush funds where you can you know put in fifteen thousand with a group of people or a company and you can get your visa that way and they and then there's also um I guess like an, a retiree visa, and that's if you have a uh, if you can prove that you have a pension coming in. I believe I believe it's a year, but it's renewable every year, something like that. Yeah. Well, what's a house go for down there? Um, like a nice beach house. Well, a beach house. Oh, that's gonna be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be expensive. But you know, the prices in Medellin are, are skyrocketing. It's wild. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I had a. My first apartment there was a one bedroom, two or one and a half bath, and it was on the 18th floor, floor to ceiling windows. It was so beautiful. Um, it was in Poblado, which if you've been to Medellin, that's like the you know the touristy rich area. And my apartment there was 768 dollars USD a month, which is you know not too bad. But coming into a country where you think like that's I came from Thailand. To there oh, pretty sure. much and so you know my apartment in thailand for 10 10 floors higher was 350 dollars. So, yeah so it was like so that's kind of where you're looking at as far as like if you want a nice apartment there it's going to be like about 700 to 1200 dollars. what keeps you going back to bangkok if you're doing the work in Colombia? so i have a lot of friends there and i love the culture and you know i just love the excitement of the city and i just love everything about it um but majority of my friends live in Thailand and Bangkok. 
like a majority of my travel friends, you know, then I here in Tennessee, I have like my my home base home, my my uh, my best friends, I guess you could say. <laughs> Would you go to other parts of you, you, Thailand? I mean, would you get out of the city and maybe, I know you've seen, you said you went up to Chiang Mai and some other places, but would you go down yeah. to the islands and things or have you already done yeah, that? Yeah, so, yeah, I've already done that. Um, the only places I haven't really been is um, Phuket and that side of the uh, of the country on the beach side. I've, I've been to like, you know, um, Koh Samui and, and um, what is it? Where's the full moon party at? Uh, Copenhagen. Yeah, I've been to all of those. Uh, Tao. I've been to yeah. It's like the three island chain or four island yeah, chain yeah, right there. Yeah. Um, so what's the uh, plan next? When uh, so we look at the next couple of years, what are your what are your goals and what do you want to do? Man, just uh, get these shoes done and um, be the best person I can be. That's my goals. How <laughs> uh, is there a website for the shoes yet? Oh no, not yet. I'm kind of keeping the name under wraps and um, kind of keeping a lot of stuff secret about it because. Um, I haven't bought everything for it yet. So kind of, you know, I do have a name. Uh, For a kid from Tennessee who's now been to a few different continents and seen a lot, how do you think you're different now from that kid who Uh, left home at 18 or 21? Oh, God. I don't even know that person. That's, (laughs) I guess that person, um, you know, I guess now I just have a, uh, I understand what the value of a dollar is. That's that's number one. Um, and, you know, I guess a, and a big lesson I've learned since then is, you know, just work hard and when when no one else is working. And, um, you know, I guess when you're younger, you want to party a lot. And, and you know, I, I still do that nowadays. But well, when I was first kind of getting into this and starting my first companies, you know, I would just I had a full time job. And I just work all night and then, you know, get like four hours of sleep and just repeat. And, you know, it was just like a I was like a psycho about work. And, you know, that's just what kind of has to happen at some point. Um, that's that's what I've learned since then. That's what's changed. It's hard well, work and knowing, hard knowing work the and value of a dollar. Knowing the value <laughs> of a dollar. Well, you're still a young guy. I mean, how old of a guy are you, if you don't mind me asking? Twenty six. Oh, I'm please. Oh, you got a lot. And it's yep. a big world out there. Where's your dream destination once you get out of uh, Colombia and Thailand? Where do you where have you been wanting to go? You know, I've never been to Europe, so You're that's kidding. definitely going to have to. Yeah, I know. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely got to do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> especially as a fashion guy. I mean, yeah, you got to get yep. over there. You got to go to Italy to see the shoes alone. Oh, man, you're telling me, man. Um, I, might, I might just have to get a nice pair of shoes and then just use it as a bowl for my nice spaghetti, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go all Italian on it. Right. Uh, well, <laughs> give the give the uh, the names of your sites one more time and um, yeah. let's send people so, there. Um, so Instagram is going to be Zella Person, and that's spelled X-E-L-A. It's Alex backwards. So Zella Person and then Zella lperson.com. And what do you have going on? Are you you're going on a um you going on a cruise soon? Yeah, I'm going to be but when this airs I'll probably be on the uh, ocean somewhere. I'm doing uh, s- doing stand up on a cruise ship, so Very a few cool. of them, yeah. So I'll be in Mexico all the way up to uh, Alaska and then over to Hawaii and then back to Mexico, yeah. <laughs> up and down the okay. coast. You got room in your suitcase for at least one of us, one of the <laughs> listeners? <laughs> yeah, believe me, I wish I was in Colombia. But I've been trying to get down there. I got close, but I still, I mean, the ships go to Cartagena, I know. 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, I haven't been down there yet. I've been dying to go to Columbia. Is high on my list. So well, I'll drop your name when I'm there. And if you're there, I'll uh, I'll send you a note if I'm heading your yeah, way. Yeah, please do, man. Please do. I would love to host you and you know show you around. That's right. We can get pulled over by the police together. Woohoo! You can what, talk, so me, talk about talk them out of uh, taking us to jail. There we go. I'll bring bribe <laughs> money. We're all set. Hey, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you uh, reaching out, and uh, thanks for talking to me. You too, man. Well, have a good day, Mike. Uh, I really appreciate your time, and I hope all the best. Yeah, thanks. Alex Person, everyone. 